0: Welcome, everybody, to 2024. Sean Durkin here with Jalal Madeni. Welcome. How are you doing? Everyone.
1: Good. How are you doing? How's it's your good? holidays? Pretty
0: uh, good. Well, actually, we still have the holiday background up, although it is early in the new year. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> we are in a renovation stage, so I, th- I think we'll be excused. You have a good holiday? I Take had some time I, I, off. Mine was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Had some time off, but did some work as well. Yeah. yeah. Good. Good. Yeah. So, uh, well, today, what are we doing today? What are we doing today? Well, yeah. today is an exciting day because we actually have Jonathan DeRoche joining us. Jonathan, our president. Our president. President, nice. of president of Na- financial wealth management not national bank here nice yep so he's been joining us we've been trying to get him for a while and uh, you we can imagine he has a pretty busy schedule yep but he proactively uh, carved out some time to join us today and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the, the the investment landscape and in, and yep. let's say uh, advice landscape yep. for clients in Canada today you know where we see it evolving as time goes on, and what has yep. changed uh, between now and, and over the past five years in terms of how advisors of all sorts interact with their clients on a go-for basis. So that's coming up. I'm next. guessing
1: the next five to ten years as well, possibly. Then. We will probably cover
0: that. Off. Sounds cool. Awesome. Everybody, we have with hey. us Jonathan DeRoche. How are you, Jonathan?
1: I'm well. How are you guys doing? I'm
0: well though. Jonathan is the president of National Bank Financial Wealth Management. Thank you. It's been a while. We've been
1: wanting to do uh, Yeah, to join it's us been a while. Time. And I'm uh, I was really looking forward to doing this. So oh. this is awesome.
0: You know, you've been an advocate supporter of what we've been doing, at, or you know, advocate supporter of what we're doing, and we're happy to have you. And um, what we thought we could talk about today is where we're at in the financial advice industry and in the investment advising industry how we see the future unfolding and where maybe the trends are coming from. Awesome. Makes some sense. So, so let me ask you, I mean, if you look at today, you know, level, let's level set a little bit. What What are clients expecting from the people that they go to for financial advice, whether it be accountants,
1: financial advisors, portfolio managers, et cetera. In your view, what, what, what do they they want? Well, I think what changed, um, you know, over the last few years and, and is continuing to change is that what they want from their advisors, is getting broader and broader. Right. And, and, you know, I, I keep using the same word here, but like advisors are becoming like part-time therapists yep. for their clients. And, you know, maybe 10 years ago, they used to go to the advisor for mostly wealth management advice, mm-hmm. like financial plan, estate planning, 10 years before that, they go that they mostly went to them for investment advice. Mm-hmm. But now in the reality today is they go to them for literally everything wow. that relates to money. So yes, there are assets, but liabilities and spending patterns as well. And, and we're seeing and, that. And we're seeing that. People yep. go to you guys for literally everything. And that's, that's a change that I think is, is hardwired and is continuing to, to, to grow through time.
0: And obviously, we're seeing that in our practice, wouldn't you say, Jalal? Yep. So, so what do advisors do now to prepare for this? Because it's definitely a different yeah. mindset in terms of how you engage a client under that scope versus when I started 20 years ago, where to your point, it was basically give
1: me an investment idea and if it yeah. works, great. I think what's changing in that that aspects of what you need to do differently is, is you need to dig deeper on the relationship between your clients mm-hmm. and money. And right. I always like to say that money is very emotional. So there's not one person who's the same way with it. Right. And you can't do that. You know, back in the days, I called you, "Hey, I got this stock idea." Yes, no. Yeah. Now you got to say, "Hey, how's everything's changing with your family? How's how's your kids doing? And and what's your what's your life goals?" Right. And so what's changing is deeper conversations around. Why are you putting money aside? What makes you happy with money? And these are like profound conversations that can't happen in a five minute window. No. And that takes time. Like somebody's not going to open up about how they feel about money in a one hour meeting, like you need to dig into it. So it, it, it requires obviously more time commitment right. and also more expertise around what's required. Sometimes it's financial planning. Sometimes it's estate planning. But sometimes it's also preparing for dreams for retirement or just to have a positive impact on their community with some charitable giving.
0: Sure. I mean, and look, when you're, when you're working with someone with their emotions, obviously there's ambiguity involved, not only on the person who's feeling these emotions, because sometimes it's hard to articulate what you're feeling, but as, as someone who, especially if you're not professionally trained as a psychotherapist yeah. or psychiatrist, <laughs> right? Absolutely. Having to manage it on that side is a delicate, it's a delicate, let's say walk through their lives, but it's a critically mm-hmm. important one.
1: Yeah. And, and maybe one thing I'd like to say is for certain people, what they do with their money might sound totally crazy for you, mm-hmm. but very normal for them. Sure. And, and so there's no playbook explaining how money works for people. So you really need to dig into it mm-hmm. and to also accept that wealth management, it's not like math, right? It's not four plus four equal eight for everybody. yeah. And so you can't do that without spending the proper time to understand how somebody feels about that. A
0: hundred percent. And you need to be positionally flexible. Yeah, You cannot be dug in in terms of, you cannot do that.
1: You got to take your retirement at that age and do this. No, everybody's different. So, so you got to be able to personalize while also being pragmatic about what things need, people need to, to solve for their personal lives.
0: So, so we're dealing with incredibly ambiguous aspect of a client psychology, which is their yeah. emotions, but there's a lot of things circling around Absolutely. the client that's going to obviously change in the next three to five years. Yeah. Well, how do you see the landscape evolving in our industry as it relates to working with clients? And what what might be the main drivers of those changes?
1: Um, well, one thing, there's two tree factors here. One of the bigger ones is um, people um, uh, like to go to their wealth advisor because they know them mm-hmm. and they're within their relationship for decades. Right. And so the longevity Relationship between advisors and their clients is going to be a factor that's going to be a key source of, of 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 client satisfaction. Right. And I'm seeing this because look at any industry you wish, mm-hmm. and try to find one person who's going to be with you for like 20, 30 years, 40 years as a professional. Mm-hmm. There's none. Yep. And so that's that's a factor that that's still you know growing and taking more importance. And I think also technology-wise or changes-wise, for sure, things like AI is going to mm-hmm. have an impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think also aggregation of data. Interesting. Like, like when yeah. people go to you for everything, well, you sort of need to look at everything. And that, that requires you to have access to all sorts of, 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 of information that's pertinent to give the proper advice. Right. You know, it's interesting when you talk about emotional, like, you know, there's a more, a greater
0: emotional attachment. To, to people who are providing clients with financial advice. I think that applies somewhat to accountants. I mean, yeah. a lot of a lot of higher net worth folks have the mm-hmm. same accountant for years, they have their mm-hmm. same legal advice for years, and, and frankly, the same advice from their financial advisors and portfolio managers. But when you have an emotional connection that does augur for longer-term relationships, because once there's an emotional connection, who who wants to break that up? Yeah. That's like, like that's not something that anyone wants to have. Is there is there an opportunity from a technological standpoint to help enhance the emotional connection that advisors have with their clients?
1: Yeah, I think this is where um AI and and data is going to play a key role in there in the sense that um and the funny thing I like to do is go in Chat GTP today yeah. and ask the question, will you replace us? Right. Will ChatGTP replace a wealth advisor? And and the answer you'll get. Is actually a really good one. It's the first time I wanted to high five uh, a computer, but, but they evenly, they they say themselves that language processing model can't replicate how people feel about money. Right. And so, so AI is going to help us, um, maybe identify opportunities, but then you're going to need an advisor to say, okay, this person's like that. How do I engage that person to actually do it? Right. No different than somebody who, especially at this time of the year wants to, you know, uh, get a new gym membership and gets that nice little, you know, uh, uh pamphlet at the entry. Hey, say, here's how to get fit Yeah. and, and every person's different. So how do you get that person to actually do the exercises yep. that AI or any type of, of system tells you to do is a whole other ballgame. right? Cause you could say, yeah, I'm going to put the pamphlet in my bag and pff, I'm going to do my own thing. Um, and, and so, so I think that's, what's going to change. So AI is going to augment the quality of it, but getting people to do what they're supposed to do, And the inertia around it, this is where you need a human who understands how they work.
0: Well, and again, AI AI can address a lot of the factual Mm -hmm. issues, you know, like they can, you know, measure twice and cut once and Mm -hmm. so forth. But I don't see it, at least today, addressing the intestinal fortitude it takes to be successful financially as time goes on. yeah, And the discipline and the repetitiveness and, and the control of one's emotions, we're talking a lot about that today, especially when things seemingly go wrong.
1: Yeah, especially, or especially where, uh, and I'll use a Morgan Housel quote here, like the definition of wealth is the difference between your revenues and your ego. Yep. So as long as humans have an ego, there'll be a role for us. That's uh, right. Uh, Cause it's not, it's not, it's not math, right? Yep. As I said. so. So this is where AI is going to augment the quality of the advice that advisors could provide to people. Mm-hmm. Um but but that ego component is still going to be very much out there.
0: Well a, a, again, when you when you have a fact-based output, it's mm-hmm. good it's it's very difficult for that to regulate being overly exuberant mm-hmm. when times are good mm-hmm. and overly despondent yeah. when times are bad yeah. in terms of emotional regulation. Yeah. AI can't do that no. at least as of yet.
1: And AI might say to you, "Hey, at your you're 25, you're making some money, you should be 100% equity." Right? But why are you not hundred percent equity at 25 most of the time? Cause you don't want to get scarred by having a bad market and say, I'm out for the rest of my life. Like there's, there's well, things like that. that are not always rational.
0: I mentioned this on this podcast before, you know, like Warren Buffett famously a few years ago said the best wealth creating mechanism ever created was the S and P 500 mm-hmm. and he's right. You know, if you invested in the mm-hmm. S&P 500 in 1927, yep. it stayed with it right through yep. to today. Uh, you know, a $1,000, you're a very mm-hmm. wealthy person today. But Charlie Munger very correctly, you know, ju- you know, kind of jutted in and said, yes, Warren, you're absolutely right. But who would have the emotional fortuity yeah. to stick with it? No one. Tough. And, yeah, it's and, very and that's,
1: tough. And that's that's where, that's, that's the, again, the emotional connection that, that creates to it between yeah. what the textbook says and what happens to people when we talk about money Two very different things.
0: So, you know, over the years, what I've learned... Jonathan is, you know, in, in terms of where the industry is going in Canada is you you have to look no further than down South mm-hmm. in terms of what, you know, some of the things that, you know, some of the large institutions mm-hmm. in the United States are doing. And I'll give you an example. I remember years ago, you know, I, I'm dating myself now, but I started in the industry in 1998 and fee-based <laughs> solutions from an investment perspective were, were coming into vogue yeah. in Canada, yeah. yet they have been around in the United States for mm-hmm. about 10 years prior mm-hmm. to that. Now fee-based solutions are the way to go yep. for the most part in terms of uh, receiving uh, management advice. Do we see anything coming out of the United States uh, that they're doing now that might migrate its way north of the border that might be of interest to clients in Canada yeah. or even us at National Bank?
1: I think two things. One that's still um, in a verge of, of getting more mature phase and one that's coming uh, gold-based investing is now getting more mature. It's more mainstream. Yep. Most most providers out there have gold-based financial planning, and it's good. And yep. that's something that came from the US and got to Canada, and we we heavily invested on our side to build our own platform. Mm-hmm. And and that's something that I think still has ways to go. Right. And I think the next big one is is mostly again on on data aggregation. Mm-hmm. So somebody wants to open their thing and say, I want to see all my assets. I want to see all my liabilities. Mm-hmm. And I want to know, am I okay? Like, right. Am I am I doing okay? Not just on my investment, but on everything I have, and that needs to take into consideration spending, yeah, and your your liabilities, not just your portfolio, with a goal. And I think in the U.S., um, data aggregation is a little more advanced than what we see in Canada, and that's something that I believe will be coming in as the next wave to help us again give better advice to people, yeah, and also um, um, broaden the discussion with investors
0: on how we could help them. You know, I've always been interested in, and and I, I know we're migrating to that situation is 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 how can you comment on a client's overall capital structure in terms of yeah. how they're doing? And And by that, you know, to yeah. kind of extend on what you just said is Jonathan, You know, you look at, obviously there's the easy to track, which Mm -hmm. is your investments, long assets were worth X on day one. They're worth, Mm -hmm. you know, Y on day 365. Mm -hmm. You can calculate a net loss or return. But, you know, if you're applying leverage, for instance, in your capital structure, how do you net out the cost of interest on Mm -hmm. an after-tax basis against Mm -hmm. your overall returns? Mm -hmm. I think that'd be something interesting that you could show some people, especially as you, as the net assets grow. That
1: Yeah, uh, And, and you could, you should always plan, for your plan, not going according to plan, right? Like there's, there's life events and that's why, and right. engaging a conversation with your, with your investors on how, how life changes and switch right. and the decisions they need to make is more important than before. And I think also aggregations can allow them to be able to, to map out their life goals, a lot of people, they say, I'm putting money aside for retirement. They have no idea what their life goals are with it. Right. It's just, it's retirement. But what do you really want to do with your money to make you happy? That's, that's going to be something I think an aggregated platform will help us to do. It
0: reminds me of a of an old Jewish proverb, where, which goes something like, you know, man plans and God laughs, mm-hmm. you know, and that's something that- There's you know, truth to that. There's some truth to that. Um, so let me ask you, you, you know, you're a client now, yep. you know, you're aged, let's say late thirties to let's say mid to late fifties. You've done a really, you know, fair job in terms of building out your, your long assets. Mm-hmm. You've managed your debt accordingly. You have a reasonable retirement plan in place and you're certainly aware of it on the horizon. Mm-hmm. What are one or two things that are must-dos at that stage in life to really position yourself to be best in class, best yeah. in show in terms of retirement planning?
1: I, I think I'll say two things here. I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun with those. Yeah. Um, the first one is if you've been saving money for 10, 15, 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point in time, somebody says, hey, you could spend it now. People have a problem with that. Right. You're hardwired to say, how, from, how do I go from a saver to somebody who actually uses the money I've put aside? Right. It's easy to say on a piece of paper. It's something else yep. to get prepared for that mentally. Right. And I think that's, that's a big thing people forget. Like you turn 65, you retire, um, you saved enough, but then you say, hey, you, you could actually enjoy some of this. There's a blockage and And I think that's 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 not um discussed enough, and I think it's not prepared enough, right? You can't go on a switch, okay, now you could stop it it's, doesn't work that way. I think people are 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 naturally wired, and if you compound that through decades, and you say sure, spend you, you could spend um you know hundred thousand dollars a year now. they won't be able to right um and, and so so that's that's for me a big thing that people are not you know if you want to have a gold standard uh a uh, a uh, retirement um uh, well, you should have um, the ability to be able to enjoy right. some of the, 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 the harder money you've put aside. And I think that's something I'm, I'm seeing as a challenge. So, so it's a bit of a Rubicon to cross, which mm-hmm. is, you know, at the end of the day is like, you've accumulated,
0: like, it's almost like you've had a habit yeah, for ingraining you for so long. And then all of a sudden the spigot yeah. turns People off. People say, changes.
1: Oh sure. You can spend now. Yeah. I, I can't. Yeah. And, and yeah. then, and then all of a sudden you, you, you know, you're, you're, you're 85 or 87 and you've got money accumulated and, yeah. You know, when you listen to people that are in their 80s or 90s, and you tell them what their biggest regrets are, it's it's very rarely "oh, I didn't put enough money aside" or "I didn't." No, it's it's about. Um, experiences. Yeah, it's about memories. It's about like these are things that they want to have more of. Mm-hmm. And I think a good wealth advisor will be able to prepare their investors for that period of time.
0: And, and I think it's great. I think clients now more so than let's say in the past, as they as they age, a they're healthier. Mm-hmm. I mean, I sure. I know clients of ours that are in their mid seventies, late seventies, that I would swear behave <laughs> as if my you know like mid mid fifties. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean that is an absolute compliment. They're smart. They're corpus mentis, and things are. Things are becoming more experiential yeah. now, more so than ever. Mm-hmm.
1: But to your point, it's probably not where it needs to be. Yeah. And, and yeah. I think also um, they need to have a better definition of what do I want to do with the money mm-hmm. that will make me happy. Yeah. Uh, for a lot of people today, it's just called retirement. Yep. And, you know, our wealth management brochures as an industry, it's, you know, a couple <laughs> looking at the ocean, holding hands and stuff. It's nice, but realistically, um, it, it's more about making sure that what they do with their money makes them happy. Yeah. And and if you're able to have that, then I think you've got a gold standard retirement. And we're we're, we're talking about people that are fortunate. Yeah. People are lucky to have uh they work hard for it, but but oftentimes it just ends with a, that sort of, I'm gonna go play golf, but then what happens? Well, uh, so, so well, for some people, uh, well, but, but, no, no, but actually, uh,
0: I, I tried a little bit of a social experiment in the yep. summer, right? I think I golfed, uh, six times over the span of nine days yep. and by the end, by the end of nine days, my arms are ready to fall off. <laughs> I couldn't get the golf ball in the air. I'm not very good to begin with. And so I, I know I won't be
1: golfing a lot in retirement,
0: maybe yep. once or twice a week. And that's test it out. And, yep. and
1: to your point, um, go, you know, a gold standard retirement. Maybe it's to start practicing some of these things. Let's take a a little longer vacation. Am I happy doing that? I I give to this charity, does that make me happy? And to test some out before you actually fall into a a retirement situation. And then maybe the last thing I'd say once you retire is uh, back to your point, people are healthy. People are still uh, wanna contribute to society. Maybe it's even talking to them about a part-time job, teaching, like there's there's that second, it's not because it's called retirement that all of a sudden, you know, you yeah. stop doing everything.
0: Yeah, you sit in you sit in a chair and watch football all afternoon. Yeah, right. no. Yeah, so, no and, and so
1: and so an advisor could help that. An yep. advisor could say, what do you want to do is going to make you happy. Is it teaching, or is it is it something else? Yep. And and these are like these profound conversations that goes from I've got a retirement plan that's in my you know in my drawer somewhere at home that I've never looked at it. And and I've got something that's more animated than discussed with my advisor and their team.
0: So I want to do you know
1: I want to shift gears a little bit. And yep. Thank
0: you for that, Jonathan. That was a, that was great. But um you know Amy and I and and Jalal by extension and uh, we've been we've been National Bank Financial Wealth Management now for just over two years. Been a great ride. Um, we've learned a lot about the company. We we knew a fair bit coming over, obviously. Yeah, yeah that's good news. But we we <laughs> but we learned a lot. obviously yep. being in the environment and and um, I, I gotta t- I gotta say first off the culture here is amazing. And and I got, I'm gonna kind of toot your horn a little bit. You're a, lot, a big part of it. It's a very happy, positive Thanks, guys. move forward type of culture, but also it's rooted in success. And, yeah. and you know, like again, For 2023, we had a great year. I I don't know if we led the firm in net new client acquisition, but I have a feeling we did.
1: (laughs) You did a good job. You did did a very good job. You did a good job.
0: I mean, our assets are uh, north of, I believe, what, $150 billion in in assets. We are the second largest firm in Canada on the wealth management space from a portfolio management or discretionary Mm -hmm. management perspective, which Mm -hmm. is the highest level of licensing in in Mm -hmm. our industry. So we're pretty proud of that. I mean... You got to be feel you got to feel pretty good about those results, which were on the back of pretty solid results in twenty twenty two. How do you see things unfolding for uh, for for us uh, in twenty twenty
1: four? You know what? It's uh, it, for, so to your point. It's been amazing years, and it's yeah. thanks to the culture and the people. Yeah, I actually wrote something recently about the relationships, how important relationships are. Yeah. in our business, and 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 yeah. So I think it's the combination of all this together that's making us a great destination. Um, how do I see 2024? Well, there's a big part that's that's a little of the same. Like if you got a good, good approach to it, you should compound over time. So right. I think that's going to maintain. But one thing I'm seeing shifting is that over time, um, uh, as we keep compounding in our business, I like to see us as, um, as, as, uh, as like a, a good second quartile fund. And what I mean by that is, is every second of the year, you, you do really well. Yep. You, don't do, you don't do crazy things. You don't do bad things. You just do, yep. and you keep sticking through time. You finish number one. Yep. And, and so, so for us, it's, it's a bit of that combined with longevity. One thing that is huge for us is the longevity of the relationship between you guys and your clients mm-hmm. and us with the advisors. It needs to be measured in decades. And when you think in decades, you start taking decisions. That are way better than taking decisions in the short term so for us there's there's combinations that we're investing heavily uh inside of our business because we like to be different for us uh, the full service brokerage business is 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 so important and and maybe the last thing I'll say is um as we compound it over time um we want to move from best kept secret to to a larger dominant player in the country and it's it's happening right now well in in and thanks for sharing
0: that. I mean, look, the stability that you and your management team bring bring to us and, and our colleagues each and every day is not lost on us. And, and I thank you for that. I think one of the things that you speak to, as it relates to you know Jalal, myself, and, and Amy, who unfortunately had another okay or another, uh, let's say, uh, uh, obligation, <laughs> so she couldn't be here today. Um, we talk about the best of both worlds yeah. in terms of uh you know working with National Bank financial wealth management De- describe that a little bit uh, just for a moment yeah
1: and, and so here as as a wealth advisor the reality is you need to mix of both things mm-hmm. as i said earlier on if you're an investor you want to go and see your advisor for literally everything so for that you need capabilities of a stable Canadian bank. You need financial markets, you need right. banking, you need credit, you need, you need help with commercial if they want to launch a business. But at the same time, you want to be able to operate your model like a true CEO. And it's a term we're not shy of putting out there. Our advisors are CEOs of their businesses. They take decisions the way a CEO would, they think about their marketing, they think about their finances, they think about uh, uh, um, their, their technology. So, so we're combining that together to create mm-hmm. what we call the best of both worlds. Pretty much the only one in Canada doing that. Mm-hmm. And, and I always give the analogy of, of a good restaurant. Um, if somebody likes, you know, French cuisine, they yep. come in and I'm going to put the pun on the French thing, but, but like <laughs> you got good French cuisine, they come into us and, and they want a lasagna. Right. We're not going to be a good place for them. But if they actually come and like the French cuisine and like that best of both worlds, yeah, we're at a place and it's good for advisors. It's also good for investors. And that's a really important thing in there. You want to have bank stability and capabilities and longevity. Mm-hmm. And you want your advisors to be able to take decisions as CEO for what's best for their investors and their team. Um, that's what bring that brings longevity. So that combination has been really good. And, and quite frankly, uh, it's something we'll continue to double down on.
0: Love it. Well, you know, it's very nice to sit with uh, our CEO, Jonathan. Yeah, so, it's a uh,
1: pleasure <laughs> to be with you guys. Finally, I've been a long time watcher of those podcasts oh, and it's, it's a big deal to be here. Um, I think your team and yourselves are, are just exactly uh, what we stand for as an organization. And, um, and you know, we're we're tremendously happy about the, um, the great client experience you bring to your investors as well. I appreciate that, Jonathan. And hopefully you'll join us again at some point. In the I'm looking forward to. Great. Thank you.